You are now tuning in to Undivided, the podcast with your host, Jamila B. Before we hop any further into the content for this week, I just want to say a quick prayer for everyone that is under the sound of my voice. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Yahshua, Jehovah Emmanuel, the God that is with us even now, we just come to you giving you the praise, the honor, and all of the glory. Oh God, I exalt you up on this day, oh God, and I declare and proclaim with my tongue that you are the King of kings and the Lord of all lords. There is no one above you. There is no one more mighty than you. You are omnipotent. You are the all-powerful powerful, almighty, sovereign God. At this moment, Lord God, I just want to pour out my sins, Lord God, to you. Anything that I have done to grieve you, as well as the listener, oh God, anything that they have done, oh God, to hinder our walk with you, oh God, or to just be at a stagnant spot, Lord God, we just ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name. We humbly pour out our sins to you, oh God, and I ask for forgiveness on behalf of me and everyone that is under the sound of my voice, oh God. You purposely died oh God, so that we can have a relationship with you, oh God, and so that we may have eternal life. I just thank you, Lord God, for dying for us, Lord God, so that we can be able to confess our sins and receive forgiveness. We for, we receive forgiveness at this moment, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I just decree That even now, oh God, you will take over me completely, Lord God. No longer will this be my voice, but it will be your voice in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree and I prophesy by the unction of the Holy Spirit that you will fully go forth, oh God. I will fully take the back seat so that you can be exalted and so that you can have the exact words that you want to go forth to come forth upon this day through this podcast. For this is not my podcast, but this is your podcast, oh God. God. I dedicate this podcast and this channel to you, oh God, so that you can use it as an avenue to reach the multitudes of peoples across the nation, oh God. Lord God, I just thank you for choosing me to be able to connect with people. I just pray that you have your way, oh God. Allow the correct words to go forth, oh God. Allow the correct person to hear your voice, oh God. To hear the sound of the living God and fully be able to perceive what it is that you're trying to say in this hour. I decree wisdom, I decree discernment, and I decree revelation upon everyone under the sound of my voice. We thank you, oh God, for all that you're doing through us and in us. We love you, we honor you, and we appreciate your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's just hop straight in. Last week, I briefly spoke about um, what it means to say yes to God, as well as just briefly touching on like the surface of the transitions that we're all witnessing nation to nation as well as the definition and the comprehension of what is a clarion call or the call to the nations. So today I'll be doing episode two for the clarion call and just going deeper into what exactly is a clarion call and why now. Before I hop into the content, I just want to give a few definitions to give a more thorough and clear comprehension of the topic before we dive in into the actual content. So divide 
is a Latin word that's actually pronounced as divredir. And excuse me if I'm chopping up that word, but it's originally Latin. And the correct terms or the correct definition is to be forced apart, to come apart, to stand in between, to separate into pieces, parts, or portions. It means to form a boundary in between people or things or to and or to create a wide divergence between groups, typically producing tension or hostility. The next term that I would like to point out is barrier. Barrier derives from the French term bevrier or bevrier, which roots words esteems from bar meaning it is an obstacle or a gatekeeper meant to obstruct entry. It is a structure or an object that impedes free movement, anything serving to maintain separation by obstructing vision or access. And another definition is a restriction that restrains or obstructs, or obstructs progress or access. We live in a world where everything is divided. Division is literally promoted from birth. Choose a side mindset is instilled from birth, from the economic system to racial systems to the educational to even the religious systems. And no, it's not anyone to point the finger towards and blame specifically, but this is not the way of life, nor is it the the divine intentions of our creator. God wants us to live in unity, unity with him and unity with others. This is supported from Philippians 2.2, where it says, I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbound joy. Unity really quickly stems from the root word unis, meaning agreement or one. Another definition for unity can be classified as an undivided or unbroken completeness or totality with nothing wanting. It is the absence of diversity, unvaried uniform character or unification, And it's also the quality of being united into one. Undivided Podcast is a channel that was birthed as a voice in the wilderness. Undivided has come forth to promote and emphasize the importance of being attentive, focused, and undivided in the times that we're in. Now more than ever, God is sounding the trumpet and calling us to come together in unity. In a world that promotes and literally breathes division, God wants us to be united, reconciled, undivided, and on one accord. Joel 2, 28 and 29 in the New Living Translation reads, Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit unto all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. 
and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, men and women alike, alike, alike. I want to point out that word alike. The definition for alike means to be on one accord or as one to be united, undivided. This is indicating that there is no favor with God in his spirit that he has released as a gift to us on the earth. God has anointed us all, all of humanity in this season. Where you're from or who you know is no longer a qualification to operate under his divine anointing and spirit. One qualification that is mandated in this season is what we know. It is our responsibility to gain knowledge and wisdom and ask God for his divine wisdom, not any wisdom, but to actually go to the source that has created wisdom and pull the wisdom that we need to be able to successfully live our daily lives through him. It is our responsibility to execute our divine task and fulfill our mandated assignments in this season, not when it's convenient for us, but now. So what exactly is a clarion or a clarion call and why the call now? I know some of you may be thinking, so I'll dive into that. There are many righteous people that love God and actually want to please him throughout the entire Bible. In history of time, God gives evidence that he raises up prophets in a nation to bring forth revival and restoration because something has went wrong in the state, the region, or the nation. There is a cry coming forth in the nations for revival. God hears the cries of the righteous. This is supported in Psalms 34, 17, where it says that God hears the cries of his people and whenever they call or cry out for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. And he is purposely bringing forth, even now, he's purposely bringing forth kingdom diplomats to reinforce his glory, bring deliverance and revival to the region and to the nations. An example of this, of God just bringing up prophets to help bring forth his revival and restoration is the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, for those of you who may not know, was a prophet in the Bible, and he was also a prophetic voice of his time. He was an open, willing vessel, a dead vessel that God predestined to utilize before the foundations of the world. We were born into sin, but God still had a plan for us, and he still had a plan to make his name be great in the earth. Jeremiah was a normal citizen living in a nation that was chosen and set apart for the purposes of God's plans and glory. Jeremiah's nation, which was Israel, ancient Israel, was blessed. It was exalted above any other nation and his nation was favored, supernaturally favored by God. God is a merciful God. But sin, unapologetic sin, and disrespect will be repaid by his unquenchable fire. 
This is supported in Jeremiah 4.4. Throughout all of history, destruction follows disobedience. It's almost inevitable. No, this doesn't mean that God no longer loves and elects a nation as his chosen, special, peculiar nation, but he will turn his ear from us and allow calamity to overtake the nation that disregards him in his sovereign presence. You can read more about that in Jeremiah 4. If you have time, I actually challenge you to read the book of Jeremiah this month or next month, November. I challenge you to go deeper into the book of Jeremiah. Just to clarify what was really going on within that region as well as his nation at that moment. So as humans, we have the responsibility of humbling ourselves and being intentional with our action. Sin divides us from God. God literally pleads through his vessels for his chosen nation to stray no more in return to him. To stray means to roam, run loose, wander, or to be unfaithful. He uses his vessels in the earth as prophetic voices to warn the people to cleanse their hearts so that they may be saved. Otherwise, God's wrath will overwhelm and overtake them. This warning or cry that comes forth is classified as sounding the trumpet or sounding the alarm to a nation. Even at the sound of judgment, ancient ancient Israel, which was God's chosen people, still took the words of the Lord lightly. They thought it was like a drill. They didn't really take what Jeremiah said. They actually made fun of Jeremiah to the point of persecution. Pride is the result of people knowing God, but still disregarding his voice. The proud and the defiant stray with no, remorse, with no remorse or recognition to God. To be stuck in wicked, rebellious ways and celebrate defiance proudly makes a nation unwise and foolish, just as the supported in Jeremiah 4.2. His wrath to a defiant but once holy nation is inevitable. God did nothing but love, protect, and exalt his holy nation. Just for them to spit on his love and cast him to the back burner as they defiled the land with idolatry and inequities. Even with the rebellion and disrespect, God's love was still evident even in his anger and in his wrath. Calamity comes for people to draw back to God and be united again. God is merciful. And if his chosen people fully surrender, turn from wicked ways and return to him, he is just to where he'll forgive us. God's chosen nation was a blessing to the world. But if the nation is defiant, they become like a contagious virus that God makes plans to humble and destroy. So let me fast forward just a little bit. 
So although Jeremiah's nation disregarded the warnings, the clarion call, the sounds of the trumpets and the shofars, we are able in the 21st century to examine the attributes and what exactly caused the calamity to shake the nation that we once knew and that once knew and loved God, yet turned away. Being proud and operating in pride causes the protection causes the protection of God to legally become breached resulting in a nation to fall deeper into sin the deeper and more nonchalant the nation acts with their sins ultimately pushes a nation pushes a nation into a numb slumbering state of mind as i said on my episode last week to slumber is equivalent to sloth Sloth is one of the seven deadly sins, which is one of the most ultimate offenses that grieves God. Many stray and become proud or ignorant to sin. They operate in sin for so long, hoping to get away with it. God grants us free will. He genuinely is the perfect gentleman. So he'll let us do what we want to do. But the more we glide on grace and the more numb we become to our sins, it offends God and his wrath is inevitable to hit a nation. So Jeremiah's nation, ancient Israel, didn't necessarily know how or when or why they left God's presence. One sin turned into three and three turned into 15 until they ultimately figured God's grace would forgive them and ultimately they fell away. Pride and defiance caused them to be overtaken by their enemies. Idolatry and thinking that God's grace would sustain them resulted in a nation falling suddenly. God is a just God to forgive a nation that genuinely surrenders and repents. But his wrath is inevitable to a nation that is proud and ignorant to sin the offenses committed in his sight. As I stated earlier, God is an omnipresent God. He is omnipotent and omniscient. So for God's chosen nation to disregard his presence as if he's not right there looking, destruction is inevitable. Similar to Jeremiah's nation, America is a holy nation. We were set apart for the good works of God. We were protected, we were loved, and we are exalted above any other nation. When the United States of America was first established, we made a decree on our soil, the foundations of our soil, that we were a nation with one God and in him we trusted. Our educational and economical systems all included and honored God. Just like ancient Israel, no one is to necessarily blame for the falling away that has taken place. But science, politics, and even scriptures reveal that we, just like ancient Israel, have also fell into the has all has also fell into a deep slumber, ultimately resulting in a nation becoming ignorant to sin and proud to partake in the exact events that is bringing forth God's judgment. 
We can't say that we love God or we honor God if we blaspheme his holy name and defile his presence, proudly sinning in front of his face, sacrificing our unborns to Baal, committing idolatry. And just to touch bases on idolatry really quick, idolatry is not just worshiping an actual statue, like how movies try to portray it. Idolatry in the 21st century can also be obsessing over yourself, over people, and over things. Idolatry is extreme admiration, love, or reverence, aka worship, for something or someone. It's proven by science and scripture that an adulterous nation shares the same fate. Evidence from the Old Testament reveals this fact. When the Canaanites were punished for their idolatry. You can read more about this in Exodus 34, 15 and 16, Deuteronomy 7, Deuteronomy 12, 29 through 31, as well as Deuteronomy 20, 17. And just like the Canaanites, they also received calamity. And this calamity hit Israel. And you can read more about that in Jeremiah 2, 17, as I was briefly talking about. So idolatry results in destruction of a nation. I'll repeat that one more time for the people that's in the back. Idolatry results in destruction of a nation. We can no longer label ourselves as God's chosen nation, yet continue to lead other yet continue to lead other nations astray and play in God's face. Now is the time to prepare and move forth with wisdom, not the wisdom of man, but God's wisdom directly from the Holy Spirit. Now is not the time to resist the Holy Spirit and be defiant towards God. He is a mighty, loving, impatient God that's protected our nation. But our sins and rebellion has caused a breach in our divine hedge of protection. Without our hedge of protection, we are susceptible excuse me, we are susceptible to plagues, diseases, disasters, famines, attacks, and ultimately destruction. Just like ancient Israel, as well as with the Canaanites, God loves us like a child, but he will not tolerate blatant disrespect. The good news is there is still safety and recovery in our mess. It is totally okay to turn from wicked, despicable ways, no matter how deep into your sin that you're in. Jehovah Emmanuel, the God that is with us, cares for us, and he has good works for all of the nation to fulfill. He will forgive us if we surrender and genuinely repent, but blatant disrespect and pride will cause a nation to perish. Psalms 917 in the New Living Translation reads, The wicked, aka those not in compliance with the will and the way of the living God, they will go down to the grave. This is the fate of all nations who ignore God. A clarion call is a call to wake up for, is basically a call for revival. It's a wake up call for battle and basically a call for revival, a warning for revival. I really feel like God has sprung forth the clarion call in this specific 
hour and from this specific channel because the glorious day of the living God is upon us now. Similar to the sound of a shofar, a clarion exemplifies an urgent signal to a nation that has fell into a deep slumber. God is calling forth divine vessels that will establish his kingdom on earth through the power of prayer, praise, and proclamation. Psalms 18.34 reads in the Passion Translation, God is training us with the weapons of warfare, worship, so that we can descend into battle with power. I'm going to say that again. So that we can descend into battle with power, 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 God's power, not our own, to chase and conquer out the enemy. God has birthed a group of unapologetic kingdom agents that are scattered all throughout the nations. They are completely unlimited by restrictive authority and completely apathetic about traditional tactics of the church. This divine group of kingdom representatives is cultivated from a variety of nationalities and backgrounds and their unique assignments will establish God's heaven in the earth. Ultimately, this will bring forth divine awakenings and experiences that are completely synchronized with the New Testament. We are living in a critical time of history. Denominational backgrounds is not a qualification for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to effectively work in you. God is simply looking for willing and able vessels with a pure heart that is fueled by his divine fi- by his divine fire, only his fire. So I know you may be thinking like, how do I apply and does this apply to me? Well, in Acts 2:38 through 39, Peter, which was one of the apostles, the um one of the disciples of Christ, he replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Sinners and saints, Jews and Gentiles, this promise of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is extended to anyone who confesses that Jesus is Lord and receives him as their Lord and Savior. God has called us all to a special and unique role in the charismatic renewal. The charismatic renewal or the reformational agents or another term may be the remnant of the kingdom will operate in unlimited strength and power given directly from God, the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He is literally our advisor in the earth. He is specifically given to you and me to help us execute our divine destiny and to establish his kingdom. Jesus' death 
And God's call is a divine call to repentance. Therefore, if God is still saving people, the Holy Spirit is still indwelling in people. The same Holy Spirit from Acts chapter 2 that showed up on the day of Pentecost is the same exact God that is dwelling in the earth with us today. We don't have the leftovers of his spirit. We have the same exact God, the same spirit, the same gifts, even now in the 21st century. So I'll go in depth, more in depth, in a later episode on who exactly is the Holy Spirit. What is his fruits or his gifts that comes along with him? These gifts are accessible to all believers. And it's mandatory that in this day and age, we have a clear and thorough comprehension of who exactly is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and how is he here to help make our lives better. Galatians 3, 13 through 14 supports this by verifying that Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law, which was result of the fall of man with Adam and Eve that many of you may know about in Genesis. You can go read that story as well. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, for it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who was hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he has promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Faith, faith, that's a key word too. Faith, as it's written in Hebrews 11, 1, it says that faith is the substance or confidence in what we hope for in evidence or assurance of the things that are not seen. So faith means that you fully believe and fully hope in something that you don't quite see yet. The Holy Spirit, like our spirits, is invisible. We can't see it, but just like the air that we breathe, it is alive in here. By faith, we are redeemed from death. By faith, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And by our faith, we as a nation has the gifts, power, and complete authority to rule, to reign, and to establish God's kingdom here in our country and across the entire world. Next week, I'll go further into the clarion call and what exactly does it mean for our nation to be breached in this hour. I'll go in depth on what we can do as kingdom representatives to establish God's kingdom and how we can go forth with revival. If you're not quite sure that you are a part of a kingdom diplomat, if you're not if you're not quite sure if you're a kingdom diplomat or you're not sure if you're saved or if anything wants to happen right now, you're not really sure where your life would go. I'll welcome you to spend a few extra minutes with me, not even a few extra minutes, just a few extra seconds to say the salvation prayer with me. As it's written in Romans 10, 13, it says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, everyone. It doesn't matter the sin or the magnitude of what you did in your past. As long as you confess with your heart that Jesus is Lord, he will hear you. And he will save you. 
So if you fully have faith that you can be saved even now and you want to be able to partake in the remnant or be one of the reformational ones that are on fire for God within this hour. And again, this is all accessible for people that has the Holy Spirit. I welcome you to say this prayer with me. Giving your life to Christ and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ gives you a legal right to the Holy Spirit. He is with us and he has a legal right to help us rule in our dominion and authority. So dear Jesus, just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I know that I have offended you beyond measure. Your word which is alive and sharper than a two-edged sword, says that you came into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Lord, I want you to save me. I lay all of my sins before you today, and I apologize for the disrespect. I apologize for the ignorance. I apologize for the rebellion. I ask for, re- for I ask for forgiveness for all of my wrongdoings, as well as any transgressions that may have fell upon me through my bloodline or associations. I humbly repent before you. I believe with my whole heart that you died for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day so that I can partake in a life full of authority, freedom, and everlasting life. I turn away from my sins now and I invite you to come dwell in my heart. I want to trust you. I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. Lead me, O God. Guide me and come live in me. I accept you, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior on this day. I'm appreciative of your unwavering love, and I thank you for accepting and saving me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you said that prayer, I just want to congratulate you because you are now on the winning team. If you have any questions on what you just prayed or any more additional questions on what exactly does it mean to be chosen by God and to be able to operate in his authority, I welcome you to send me an email at support, the at symbol, dividednations.com. That's support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, the at symbol, undivided, U-N-D-I-V-I-D-E-D-N-A-T-I-O-N-S dot com. You can also send in your prayer requests or any general questions that you may have on behalf of the episodes that are going forth throughout this station. Until next week, I do decree that everyone under the sound of my voice will be awakened 
to the gifts that the Holy Spirit has placed on the inside of them. If you are now a new believer, I decree that your walk will intensify with the living God and you will have increased prosperity, increased grace, increased favor because of your um, proclamation that you've done today. I just ask and I decree that we all discern the times that we're util- that we're in right now and we utilize the wisdom of the living God. If you're not making moves to advance and promote the father's business, then what are you doing? No, really. <laughs> Do some self-reflecting and I will see you all next week where we will go live for the Clarion Call episode three, which is based on a breached nation. Thank you and you all be blessed.